the Holy Spirit and fellowship. And, it, you know, it's just like the song said. It was a part towards the end where he said, uh, speak to me. You know, we, we have to get accustomed and normal to, to where it's normal for the Lord to speak to us. Amen. And then when he speaks to us, that we obey. Amen. 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 So we don't want to be like Saul on the road to Damascus. When the Lord starts speaking to him, and then he asks, who are you? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes we can't do that, right? We may not say, Lord, who are you? But we may say, Lord, is this you? I'm not sure if this, but that's the same thing as saying, Lord, who are you? But see, here's the thing. Saul at that time, point, didn't know the Lord. No. And what he heard was an audible voice. And we had the Lord on the inside of us. So how do we not know and recognize his voice? Doesn't, again, doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are, right? So... Let's dig into this word. You know, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And then after 2 Corinthians 13, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 2. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, and as we go through the book of Acts, especially on Wednesday, watch how the saints communicated with the Lord and how the Lord communicated with the saints. Because that's what we need to get back to as believers, where it is that common in our lives, right? It doesn't mean he's going to talk to us every day, again, right? So we're not going to get all spooky and everything, well, oh yeah, the Lord said this to me today, he said, no, but he can speak to us, and we can hear his voice, and he can give us directions, right, to a, right to the T. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, beginning at verse 14, I'm just going to read one verse. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So, you know, we in the church, we talk about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about grace a lot. You know, and like Phil likes to say, you know, that sloppy grace is what's being prevalent in the church today. Where, you know what, Lord, I can go ahead and I can do this and the Lord's going to forgive me. Because his grace it abounds that much. Right? And then we also talk about the love of God. Right? And we can get so emotional and caught up in the love of God. But the one thing we don't talk about is this. The communion with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we have to have. The communion with the Holy Spirit. Because that word communion actually also means fellowship. It's, it it could be interchanged. It's the same Greek word as fellowship. So we have to learn to be in communion with the Holy Spirit. So why is that significant? Because if we don't commune and we don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit... Then we could be in danger what Peter, Peter was trying to tell him in Acts chapter 11 that he didn't want to contend. Who was he to contend with the Lord? See, if we contend with the Lord, contending with the Lord doesn't mean that all right, the Lord is telling us to do this and we're just going this. No, it also means that this, the Lord is telling us to do it. I'm not sure. I'm not, Lord, is that you? I'm not sure. That's contending with the Lord. Because that 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 is also discord, because discord is actually mean. Um, a lack of harmony. That's a lack of harmony. So if we're sitting up here and we're unsure all the time, then we might need to be fellowshipping with the Lord more often. We shouldn't be strangers to his voice. We should know his voice. All right, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. trouble as Christians in having communion with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit is this. It takes crucifying our flesh to do it. 
takes crucifying our flesh to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we don't want to crucify our flesh. <laughs> because our flesh is a lie. <laughs> our flesh can be a struggle. Right? So we may want to fast sometimes. And then that's when the images of donuts and everything else start coming up. <laughs> right? I told y'all before, back when I was in the Navy, I used to set out to fast and I go to work. Always when I fast, somebody bring a box of donuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Then I break down. <laughs> because uh, it's a battle every day. But we, we have to learn to crucify our flesh. And the more we crucify our flesh, now the more we can fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Alright, Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. See, if we're fellowshipping and having communion with the Holy Spirit, guess what? We're going to be on one accord. We're not going to be all having di different divisions, right? Not even division, not just in the local body, but divisions in the church. It's like I always say, we should be able to go anywhere <laughs> and come across another believer, and that's our brother and sister in Christ. And we should be able to connect. Why? Because we have something in common which is Jesus Christ. And prayerfully, if they're, fulfilled, if they're filled with the Holy Spirit, now we have even more in common. Right? So, it's to the point where, really, and this is hard for us to comprehend, we should love our brothers and sisters in Christ, just much, if not more than our own family members. Jesus said what? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? But that's hard for us to take sometimes. Right? Because, we got to remember, he didn't come to bring unity. He brought unity within the church because if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? Now we're unified. Right? But if someone's not filled with the Holy Spirit, if someone's unsaved, that's where the friction, that's where the discord comes in. Right? So no matter if we're saved, right, you have Johnny. Johnny gets saved. Johnny gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Johnny goes back to his family. Johnny's rejoicing. Family's not saved. Guess what? They're not going to see Johnny as... Born again, John. They're going to see Johnny as little Johnny that did bad things. And they're going to remind little Johnny of those things. And they're never going to allow, well, he's not little Johnny anymore. They're going to remind big Johnny. And that's where Johnny may have to separate. Johnny may have to, again, fellowship with the Lord. Why? Because that's where his strength is coming from. See, the enemy can get to us very easily through our family members. Right? But this is why we're supposed to be in a body of believers. Right? That's what I say. So, even if Christians are in China, or even in Ukraine, Russia, being persecuted, being put to, that should bother us. That, that, that should bother us. Right? Christians are being persecuted and hunted down in Africa. That's our brothers and sisters. That should bother us. And we should be able to, not be able to, we should be interceding for them. Amen. Right? And that's something that the Holy Spirit will keep us from remembering of. As we're fellowshipping with them. Right? Because a lot of times we want people to pray for us. But what about the people over there in Ukraine? You know, that's not a choice that they have. Right? Somebody's bringing the fight to them. Right? And then you got Russian soldiers that don't want to be out there. That's, that's why they giving up. Why? Because, really, a lot of them are probably not even, well, not probably. They're not saved, but they don't want to die. Right? But we, we, we're supposed to pray for them. 
And these are things that the Lord will remind us of. Alright, so that word fellowship here and in, in communion in 2 Corinthians actually is the Greek word kononia. Right? And I'm sure we've probably heard that word before because there's different, like some people have uh, koinonia conferences and things like that. So koinonia means fellowship, community, communion. It means joint participation. Right? So joint participation means both or all parties. So remember, if the Holy Spirit speaks, we listen. And it's not just that. So if we go somewhere, guess what? He's going with us. Right? So we should start off our day. Yeah, we praise God. We glorify the Lord. And then we ask Him, ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us throughout our day. That's something we should do every day. We should get up early to do those things. All right? And I know that's hard sometimes. But watch this. If we consistently do it, then it will become easier. Because now we have to, what? We're crucifying our flesh. But while we're crucifying our flesh, we're disciplining our flesh. It's just like working out. You get into that routine. And then now, if you come out, so now, watch this. So now you may have the clock set. Now you don't even need the clock. I don't even need the clock to get up in the morning now. It's like clockwork. Clockwork, I guess. <laughs> and then sometimes the Lord is just waking me up. Get up. Get up. You know, not for nothing. I just want to spend time with you. Right? Get up. Get up. But how many times have we just roll along? <laughs> Lord, I went to bed late, not realizing that if we get up and we spend time with Him, guess what? He's going to give us the strength for the Amen. next day. Right? And, and, and that's what I come to learn over the years. He's going to give us the strength. Right? So even if we're going off of two, three hours of sleep, guess what? He's going to give us the strength. Why? Because we've gotten up. And, and in the midst of while we're in the room, guess what? He's there in the room with us. Right? His strength, His anointing. Is there with us. Alright, so it also means, koinonia means uh, intercourse. Intercourse meaning communication or dealings between individuals or groups. Okay? So, again, it's communication. His voice should not be foreign to us. And that's what I say. So, sometimes we like to rely on the things that we've done in the past. You know, we, we felt the presence of God come upon us. We felt Him talk to us. But it can be consistent in our lives, in our walk like that. But it shouldn't be foreign to us. And that's why it wasn't foreign to the saints in the early church in the book of Acts. It wasn't foreign to them. That's how Peter was able to get up and go. Why? Because the Lord gave him a vision. The Lord was talking to him. Same thing with Cornelius. They're sending his servants over there. Right? They obey. That's what we have to do. So we can only have fellowship with someone when we talk to them. And here's the thing. Even in the midst of chaos going on, we can still hear his voice. So all everything's breaking around out of us. Even, even those people in Ukraine with the bombings going on, believe it or not, they're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. They can still hear the voice of the Lord. Well, how do I Let me give you an example. So even when my kids were younger, whether it was the girls or Donovan, and I would go to the elementary school, and they would have at the end of the year field day. They'd be out there with a whole bunch of kids screaming, yelling, running, playing. <laughs> then you got the parents there talking. But if my kids yell, Daddy, I recognize their voice. 
even amidst all those voices going on, all that shouting, all that playing, my kids say, call me, I'm hearing. That's how it should be. So, regardless of what's going on, the Holy Spirit says, Marshall, Joan, you should be in tune. Alright, so I remember even being in Iraq, and the bombings going off, and hearing the bombings, and the ground trembling. Stop. Lord, what do you want me to do? Waiting for direction. There's no need to panic. But see, our flesh will cause us to panic. The enemy will say, hey, go, do this. No, we got to listen. We got to listen for what the Lord wants us to do. And see, because while everybody else may be panicking, guess what? We can be the calm ones. <laughs> right? And then we can, you know, just listen. Holy Spirit saying, I want you to do this, Marie. And then now we can guide other people. Right? We don't have to panic. But how often do we panic? Why? Because, again, we're not fellowshipping with them like we should. And see, that comes to a point in mature. It, it comes to a level where we can get to maturity, but understand, there were new believers in the early church that heard the voice of the Lord. Loud and clear. <laughs> but yet, we got people now that have been saved for years don't hear the voice of the Lord. <laughs> they probably can't even tell you the last time they heard the voice of the Lord. Let's turn, uh, no, let's go to, uh, I something here, Acts 20, but we're going to go to uh, Acts 9. We're going to see the difference here. Turn to Acts 9. We'll spend most of the time here, probably. <laughs> so this is where Saul gets converted, okay, on the road to Damascus. And, you know, I, I've seen this. Before, but sometimes I bet we we just overlook it because even even though I've seen it before, I read it. Sometimes I can overlook some things, right? So I'm pretty sure we probably look overlooked it as well, you know. Because you hear people say, well, you know, the signs and the wonders were in the early church just because of the apostles. Well, let's see here. Okay, let's see here. All right, beginning at verse one, Acts chapter nine. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So here's Saul. We're all familiar with this. Before Paul, before he was known as Paul, he was Saul. Right? And he was hunting down Christians. Right? So basically, he, he was ruthless. Right? So think about somebody being ruthless and the Lord saying, hey, Go to that person. This is what I want you to do. Go to that person. How many of us will trust the Lord enough to do that? Thank you for being honest. <laughs> you know, because we'll, it'll be simple for us to say, well, yeah, I'll do that. Mm, really? So imagine you're in China where they persecute Christians. And the Lord's saying, hey, go to the president in, in uh, China. And I want you to tell him this. He's waiting for you. Let's keep going. Got a little ahead of myself. <laughs> All right, verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gold. So that gold is hard to kick against the gold. I always wonder what that meant. 
That is like pricks. So when you when you step on something, when you step on a prick, it's what? It's sharp. It's hurt. You can't keep going down. So it's going to sting you. So he's letting Paul know you can't you can't continue to do this. Because guess what? You try to persecute the way, you're going to get stung. But going back just like what I said earlier, when Paul said, Saul said, who are you? We don't want to be like that. We want to be sure. Verse 6. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, and go into the city, and you will be told what, what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. So the Lord here is speaking directly to Saul. <laughs> the other men are hearing, but they can't make out what he's saying. Verse 8. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, because now he's blind. But they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So just imagine now you were going to persecute Christians and you were full of hate. And you had all the tensions on locking them up. And guess what? Now you get stopped by the Lord. Not by man, but by, by, by the Lord. And understand this. The Lord came to him and he's not even saved. He wasn't seeking the Lord. He wasn't seeking the Lord. Let's go to verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now, does this say an apostle, prophet, evangelist? It says a disciple, a learner, a pupil. doesn't even call him a deacon. He just says he's a disciple. And him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. See the difference? See the difference? Paul said, who are you, Lord? What did Ananias say? Here I am. That's how it should be with us. So, you know what that tells me? Ananias was fellowshipping. He knew the Lord's voice. Let's keep going. Verse 11. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So watch this. So just those two verses. See the details? He's given them the exact street. <laughs> but yet, we don't know if the Lord is telling us to make a decision or not. But Ananias is tuning in. Why? Because he had been fellowshipping. He'd been spending time with the Lord. He knew he knows the Lord's voice. Or knew the Lord's voice. Verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So here he is. He wants it. The Lord has sent him to go. To what Ananias believes is the enemy. Let's see what Ananias does. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine 
to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, well, yeah, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So understand this. In Ananias' mind, he knows in the natural Saul's coming to arrest Christians. And he's conversating with the Lord about this. All the Lord says is, go. Guess what? He goes. He obeys. Again, how many times do we debate with the Lord? <laughs> I'm not sure. Lord, I don't think you're calling me to do this. I guarantee you Ananias knew Stephen was stoned. I guarantee you he knew about that. But he, he was obeying. Why? Because he knew the voice of the Lord. And, and, and here's the thing. While he's speaking to Ananias, Paul is praying. And Paul is receiving a vision. So guess what? God is speaking to Paul and Ananias at the same time. See, sometimes we think we're forgotten. <laughs> but we're never forgotten. Because guess what? This is why Jesus said what? It's expedient that I go away to the disciples. Why? Because now we have the Holy Spirit. So now he's not bound in one place. So he could be everywhere. <laughs> all at one time. He could be all of us. We can all be in different places. And he could be moving, speaking to us. Alright, I'm going to read 17 again. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Be filled. See? He's equipping Paul. That's how good God is. Detail. But see, Paul had to obey. See, because while he was Saul, all he had to do was do what? Nah, I'm not going. I, I can't believe this. No, nah, I'm not going. But he obeyed. And he got blessed. But see, even though he obeyed, he got blessed, he received the filling of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? As we go through the book of Acts, we're going to see how many things happened to him. Verse 18. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. This baptized is the physical, the water baptism. So now, just three days earlier, he was coming to persecute Christians. Now he's getting baptized to identify with them. And that goes back to what I said a few weeks ago. Right? You, you had that encounter with the Lord. There should be a what? A change. There should be a change. You can't tell me you're a believer, but you're still doing the old, the old ways, the old behaviors that you're doing. No, no, no. There's got to be a change. See? So that's another example right there. There was a change. And saw. Verse 19. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Here's the beauty of this. Saul, who became probably the most well-known apostle in the New Testament, it wasn't Peter, James, or John that the Lord sent him. It was the disciples and the knights. So none of the apostles were there. 
See, sometimes we think we have to have titles, we have to have positions. No, it's the same Holy Ghost. <laughs> same Holy Ghost. See, because you can have a title, you can be pastor so-and-so, but not obeying the Lord. Because I can listen to a pastor and tell whether or not they're communing with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference in them. And here, Saul spent some days with the disciples. Here, here's another thing, verse 20. And guess what? Immediately, he preached to Christ. He just got born again. And what is he doing? Preaching Christ. Where? In the synagogues. That he is the Son of God. So get this. <laughs> he's preaching Christ. Now, right now, he's not talking about theological stuff. He's not, he, he's not even talking about the fruit of the Spirit. But what is he doing? Preaching Jesus. You don't have to be saved a whole bunch of time to preach. All you gotta do is preach Christ. Preach Christ. That, when I got saved, that's what I did. And you know what? I went to my old friends. Some laughed at me, <laughs> but that's okay. I preached Christ. And guess what? Some other people came. I remember one time I'm working. Um, I work, was working in a restricted barracks, and a young lady came, and she said, Wait, Father, let me ask you something. How did you give your life to the Lord? So, guess what I did? I preached Christ to her. And see, here's the thing. I know y'all don't know, but my wife knows, so Natasha and I. <laughs> They were witnessing to her. There was a group of girls that they, there was a group of girls named Esther, Natasha, and Barbara. <laughs> but they were witnessing to her, and she was like, you know, I, I hear them, but uh, you know, they were never out there. You were out there, and yeah, I was in the club, same club. We would see each other in the club, but she saw a difference. She saw a change. But after that night, guess where she was? Sunday. In church. Why? I didn't need a degree. Newly saved. I preached Christ. I preached Christ. Preached life. Preached hope. She received. She believed. But there were others that didn't believe. But that's okay. I just wanted to see. Planted to see. <laughs> so to see, rather. Alright, so, verse 21. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for, the, for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. See, when you get born again, you're not ashamed. He's not afraid of dying. Because he had an encounter with Jesus. See, when we have that encounter in Jesus, we're going to change. Right? Not only just our behavior, but our attitude, our mindset. And sometimes, if we're, if we're just walking and we're not fellowshipping with the Lord like we should be, now we start getting into human reasoning. And then we start trusting in our own thoughts, our own wisdom, instead of trusting in the Word of God and the voice of the Lord. Now watch this, verse 23. Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down through the wall 
in a large basket. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Why? Because he had that reputation. <laughs> but Barnabas, Barnabas, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he's saying he preached boldly. Somebody that was just converted. But then we have people, I've been in churches, and you got people that are ministers, evangelists, they don't even want to get up and preach. They don't even want to share about Jesus Christ. But here's Saul, who was persecuting people like us. Just got saved. And guess what? Preaching the gospel. Preaching Jesus Christ. He did. He didn't need no training there. He preached that Jesus was the Christ. <laughs> Why? He had the Holy Ghost. Amen. He had the joy. He had his experience. He had his testimony. And really, as we go through Acts, you're going to see everybody Paul got in front of, he gave, a he gave his testimony to. That's all he did. He gave his testimony to. But then we got Christians that are afraid to give their own testimony. What are people going to think about me? And you would think Paul will be received in Jerusalem. Why? Because they had to recognize the change. You would think, even those that weren't born again would want to know, but no, because God didn't call them for that. <laughs> that was James. Peter was supposed to go there. He was sending Paul somewhere else. Verse 28. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in, and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Right, let me stop there. But, you know, understand, here's Saul just getting converted, but he's preaching boldly. So how dare we not preach boldly for Christ? And here's the thing. We don't have to be in church. I told my wife and I told somebody else this uh, this week, earlier this week. And uh, I said, you know, it bugs me when I hear people say, well, you know what, they'll be in the church. Well, the pastor didn't give me an opportunity to speak. Why do you have to be up in the pulpit to minister the word? Go get you a bullhorn. Actually, you don't need a bullhorn. Go out to the corners and preach. If you want to preach that bad... Because they say, you know, the pastor is uh, stomming my anointing and things like No, you're not. Go out on the streets and preach. That's what they did in the early church. But no, you got to get up in church and then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Or if the Lord is calling you, if you feel you got a calling to teach, go do what I did. Go find a place. Just like I did with Russ. Go teach. Nah, I'm here to do it in church. You know, but the pastor's not using me. And, 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 and it's really a selfish motive. And then this is how other churches start to recruit other people because they, they'll say, well, you're not being used. No, 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 no. If the Lord's going to use you, the Lord's going to use you no matter where you're at. <laughs> you don't have to be in it behind the pulpit in the church to preach the gospel. Stop right there.
I'm just gonna add to what you were saying. There's always a co-worker who needs a word. There's mm -hmm. always one. Yeah. God sends them at, I guess when they're ready. Because people catch me all the time. Off. I don't even, I don't, I, I'm gonna be honest, I don't even be ready. They just want to talk. And I'm like, oh, oh this is Jesus moment. Because <laughs> 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 I be in my own little world. I mean, sometimes I got my earbuds in, and they be like, oh, I'm like, oh, oh okay, hold on. We just start talking about God, life, spirits and stuff. So that's, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. I mean, I, I told you all before, you know, back the job I got when I got out of the Navy, working in the warehouse. People just come and ask me questions. Amen. And unbeknownst to me, I'm, I'm stepping up, stepping on something, and I'm, I start preaching. I, you know, it, it wasn't by design, you know, and then even during the breaks, I'm sitting in there with the work. And the other supervisors, our supervisors, they would get upset, say, you're not supposed to be down here. Why not? Because we're not the end of mingle. I was like, okay, well, I'm talking about something. <laughs> and I'd be all at the table with them. Talk. Share. I didn't need a church for that. I didn't need a church for that. Amen. So, you know, throughout this week, make time. Make time for them. I'm telling you, it will make a difference for your life. And I'm not going to sit up here and tell you to spend hours and hours. You know, it's like I said before. If you're not spending time, spend, start out with five minutes. Ten minutes. All right? Whatever you, even if you get up early, I'm telling you, the Lord will meet you, and, and you will be different. His voice will be clearer. Your patience will be stronger. <laughs> Why? Because in the midst that we're spending time with him, guess what's being reared in us? The fruit. The fruit. Right? So, yeah. So, sometimes we may get irritated, but again, that's a part of bearing fruit. Right? But that's okay. Because we'll see, as we go through Acts, we're going to see, Paul got irritated. Right? But he was still able to be able to remain in control. Why? He didn't allow his flesh to dictate to him. Why? Because he kept his flesh in subjection. He crucified his flesh. And that's what it's important for us to do. We have to crucify our flesh. We have to learn to start blocking out things. And I'm telling you now, that, you know, been here for a while. You know I'm a big sports fan. I haven't really been watching sports, reading sports. I would literally have to make myself go do it. Why? Because that's not my desire. Mm -hmm. That's not my desire. And see, what I, what I want us all to do is get to that point where we're walking closer with them. Right? So now, when someone's calling us, we're ready. We're ready. It's not we got to go get ready. Mm -hmm. Right? So even when, you know, not, something's going to catch us by surprise, but like Derek said, somebody come talking to us. Now we're ready to pray. Mm -hmm. 